0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Your Life Transformed, the journey to become a better you, where we talk about all types of health care journeys. Today, I think it's important to talk about this virus that is concerning everyone. So today's episode on March 19th is going to be called 2020. The virus and how do we handle this? I wanted to talk about this because I have not experienced this type of chaos in my lifetime, and I don't know many who have or many who will. Um, I'm currently talking about the coronavirus, so I want to spend this podcast to talk about the coronavirus give some details about it as a healthcare professional that's currently treating this right now, Um, and then also talk about the journey that we should be going through during this virus. This virus has already caused a lot of anxiety, it's caused deaths, it's caused a lot of fears, and I think we should talk about it like we do on so many of the other podcasts, just talk about current issues and, and how we're gonna get through them. I mean, we're all in this together. I'm a healthcare worker. I'm actually blessed that I even have a job right now because as of right now, when I'm doing this podcast, there's been many companies that have closed, restaurants, um, bars, all the major sporting events have closed. My daughter's gymnastics, any extracurricular activities have closed, play areas, the zoo, museums. I mean, everything has closed. Airlines have been canceled. Um, And so many of these people come home with no jobs, department stores. My husband went to Sprint today because our daughter's phone is not working and it was closed. So this has played a huge role on the economy. People don't have jobs and people honestly do not know what to do. You see YouTube videos and the news where people are literally fighting over toilet tissue, um, punching, fist fighting, getting physical over toilet tissue. I mean, it's really getting a little bit ridiculous. Um, That's definitely not the way we need to act or respond during this time of fear and disaster. I know everybody's scared and so that's a common response, but that's not the way we should be responding. Um, My husband went to Sam's the other day, um, yesterday, and the line he said was an hour long. He couldn't even get in to the grocery store. Many of my partners are sending texts of grocery store aisles that are empty. I mean, we're at a point where grocery stores can't keep enough food, toiletries, things that we need. So what's going on? Well, let's talk about the coronavirus and then we will compare it with some other viruses that historically have been going on. So let's give a little bit of history to start um, with the coronavirus. It is currently now a pandemic. Um, It initially started outside of uh, China in Wuhan and kind of went there, started there in China. They announced a a global emergency on January 7th because that was the first case that was noted to go um, in China and then kind of spread, but at that point it wasn't with the rest of the world. Here in the United States, we've actually kind of taken a laissez-faire attitude until last week, literally, when we started getting a bunch of cases and then everything has since shut down. Um, Let's talk about the current state. So as of March 18th, over 200,000 people have been tested positive and almost 8,000 people worldwide have died Um, in Putting it in percentages, that's like less than actually 1%. It's like 0.08 or 9% when you think about how many people are in the world. So I understand that this is a pandemic, but not everybody is going to die from this virus. The goal right now is to prevent it from spreading. So, the coronaviruses are a family of viruses that cause illnesses ranging from a common cold, which may be some people's symptoms, to a more severe disease causing acute respiratory failure. SARS, which I lived through, um, severe acute respiratory syndrome, um, happened probably a, dec- a decade ago now, but didn't affect as many people as this particular virus has. It originally transmitted and started in animals. And then it went to people. So they're saying it originally transmitted by illegal trading in China of animals. Um, And those animals had it. And then subsequently, people either ate the food, ingested the food, or the animals somehow bit the humans and it got transmitted into the humans and since then has spread. There are several animals who have it who may not infect humans. Um, it originally was identified by Chinese authorities in January 7th, and there are different strands. The strand that was originally in animals has since transformed um, in the human-to-human transmission. The most common signs or infection of the infection are fever, cough, shortness of breath, Respiratory difficulties, some of the um, screening that we're having to do in the ER also include nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and sore throat, which are common flu-like symptoms. Currently, they estimate the incubation period, which means how long before you're no longer contagious, as 14 days, which is why they're quarantining everybody to 14 days, But to be honest, and I'll just be honest in my medical opinion, I don't even know if they know how long the incubation period is. I don't think we know enough about this virus. I think obviously China is way more ahead of us because that's kind of where it started. Um, And they were a little bit more aggressive with this virus, I think, initially than we were because I felt like perhaps we felt like here in the United States we were going to be immune um, and so they're a little bit further along but I don't even know if we really know how long the incubation period this all this is stuff that's essentially coming from the CDC and the World Health Organization. They say um, most people most infected people will show sh- symptoms within five to six days and that's when they'll be the most infectious but infected people can also be asymptomatic. I mean for example Kevin Durant apparently had COVID. He got tested because he was apparently around someone who tested positive. And so he's now under quarantine, but he was asymptomatic. So I will be honest, younger people, um, healthy people, they may be a- infected or positive and may be completely asymptomatic. And who knows? I don't know if these they're carriers of the virus and they just don't show signs. I mean, we just don't know enough about this. The coronavirus is a virus that's been around actually for a long time. And if you were ever to, to be ordered a respiratory panel in the physician war world, we don't commonly do that, but it's on our respiratory panels. And I know now because I'm ordering them now like crazy, but it's among these respiratory viruses like parainfluenza, RSV, just coronavirus, there's haemophilus, like other viruses that typically people don't get. Um, and so, but, but we have the ability to order them and they've been known. This is a different strand, which is why we're just having a more difficult time. But just to kind of give you an idea, there has been other outbreaks. Do you guys remember Ebola? That was not that long ago. H1N1 um, affected a lot of people. But let me tell you about the most and the more common virus is the flu, the seasonal flu, which we actually have a vaccine for now. And believe it or not, a lot of people refuse to get vaccinated. Um, The flu is way more common than this coronavirus, and it has killed way more people than the coronavirus And it's still, and we are still in flu season. Flu season is going away within the next month or so, but we're still technically in flu season, which is why the advent of this coronavirus has been so confusing because it's like, is it the flu or is it the coronavirus? In the ER, when I do my shifts, I mean, you swear people come in with flu-like symptoms and the flu is negative. And I've been diagnosing this since last year, before it was even diagnosed in China in January, where people would come in with kind of classic symptoms and it'd be negative for the flu. Or I have people come in with classic symptoms, negative for the flu, and then they have changes on their chest x-ray and I just treat them for pneumonia with an antibiotic because I assume it's pneumonia. Now it has me questioning, was any of those the coronavirus? Don't know. We don't have testing and we just got it at my ER this past weekend. But prior to that, we didn't test for it. And there's a lot of places that are not—they're still not testing for it. Matter of fact, we're so short testing. I'm considering turning my office into a drive-by testing facility during this time because I feel like we need people to get tested. We actually have no clue how many people are infected because we don't test enough people. This test, and it probably will be, but needs to be as readily available as the flu. And we just don't have that capability right now. If someone comes into the ER with strep or flu-like symptoms, I'm able to test them and get the results back in five or 10 minutes. The coronavirus, one of the problems is you test them, we have to send it out, and it's taking days. By the time we send these people home, we don't know where they're going and infecting everybody else, and then we find out days later, it's positive. With the drive-bys, we should be able to get it within 24 hours. Some people are saying even quicker than that, so within an hour. But if you feel like you are infected, then you need to stay home. And we'll talk about some of that in a minute. But getting back to the flu. So we gave, I gave you the numbers on the coronavirus. Over 200,000 affected so far. And about 8,000, it's actually a little less, but I'm rounding up, about 8,000 have passed away. Um, And mind you, we're not done with the coronavirus, right? So the numbers, by the time it's all over, and it will come to pass, but by the time we get to the end, I'm sure the numbers are going to be way more. But let me tell you about the flu. One billion people get infected with the flu, and this is yearly, one billion. So 200,000, honestly, is not even close. And how many die anywhere from 300,000 to 650,000, just so you know. So the flu that people, some people don't get the vaccine for, and we actually have the vaccine and treatment for that affects 10 times the amount of people that this coronavirus is infecting and it has killed Way more, 300 to 600,000 a year. And so we ought to be just as concerned about the flu, but for some reason, it seems like people, you know, they don't want to get it, but they're not as concerned. So the flu actually can kill more people and affects more people. So get the vaccine, guys, if you can. Yes, the strands change. You may get it, but I always tell my patients, if you get the vaccine, you won't die from it. Even if you get the flu, I've gotten it almost every year, but it's never as bad as the people who do not get the vaccine. And even with those high numbers worldwide, that fatality is still less than 1%. I mean, I don't know if you realize how many people are in the world, but even with killing 650,000 people, that total number is still less than 1% in the total in the whole world. Um, So I don't want to downplay coronavirus, but you guys don't need to downplay the flu either. We should have took the flu just as serious, if not more so than the coronavirus. The flu, comparatively speaking, that's what's killing people. And that's only here four to five months a year. And in that short time frame, look how many people it can affect. Um, part of the reason we're having such an issue is because we are not doing enough to stop the spread. We're not doing enough of our own preventative measures. We're not washing our hands appropriately and And I've seen it. I've before all this coronavirus started, I've seen people in the bathroom walk out the bathroom without washing their hands. And I am shocked. And this is before the virus. So we're spreading it that way. You go to the bathroom and then you just walk out. And then who knows that person is working in the food area, serving drinks at Starbucks. I saw a lady at Starbucks recently, three days ago, take the trash out, push the trash down with her hand, and then go ring up somebody on the register and fix their coffee. I I mean you It's amazing what people will do and how nonchalant they take hand washing. This is why it got so bad. And now we're trying to do something about it, but we should have been doing the basic hand washing from day one. The other thing that I want to talk about um, is the coronavirus as far as the spread. My husband asked me an interesting question especially cause I think we're, I'm dealing with this now in the emergency rooms and I will we'll talk about what we're doing, but, um, they were initially when it came out saying it was droplet and that's kind of what we were saying. Cause that's what the flu is. Essentially the flu is droplet, meaning if you like mucus to mucus, you rub your nose and then you go touch somebody and they rub their eye, they're going to get it, um, if you sneeze or cough in their face and it gets in their mouth or their nose or their eye, they're going to get it. Okay. And so knowing this, you're, it's shocking how quickly this stuff spreads. Um, it's easily among families, right? Cause you may share the same drink, you're kissing your kids or your husband. So you guys transmit it that way, but among strangers and how, 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 how rapid this thing is being affected both for the flu and the coronavirus. Um, I'm curious though, because of the coronavirus being transmitted so quickly and the fact that they've told us protective, our PPEs, which is protective gear, is not, it's surgical masks are not enough. We need the more um, like tighter sealed mask. I mean, if they have a name for it. You guys, non-medical, won't know the name. But essentially, we need a mask with a tighter seal. And we usually only use those masks when something is airborne, like TB, for example. So my concern is that this particular coronavirus is not necessarily droplet, which takes a little bit more of an effort to spread, but it may be airborne. Meaning I'm two feet away from you and you sneeze, I inhale it because it's in the air. And now I have it. So I didn't touch you. I didn't rub my eyes. We didn't um, exchange saliva or snot or whatever you want to call it. But the fact that you coughed, or sneezed, or spoke to me too close, and now it's in the air. And now I have it, you know. And so that's the concern. So we've in the ER, we've actually had to wear more of the protective type of gear, the surgical mask, are not enough, and we see a lot of people in the airport. I mean, it's better than than nothing. I just don't know if it's effective enough, and I, to be honest, I don't even know if they know. So my concern is is that this may be not just droplet, but also maybe airborne. It also can survive in the air for a little bit, seconds. They think we actually don't know because how do you test that? but we do know it can also survive on surfaces so if somebody sneezes on a dresser on a counter it can survive there um and not just for hours but apparently days so if you don't clean and then somebody else comes and puts their hand on it and then wipes their eye or something now they have it so we just need to know this and then protect ourselves and the only way I feel like we can protect ourselves is by education. You guys know from my other podcast how important it is that I feel like you guys are educated or become aware of stuff because knowing is power. And once you know how it spreads, you can protect yourselves better. So obviously washing our hands, soap and water, 20 seconds. That's what everybody says, right? Hand sanitizers, which clearly because we're out, um, everybody knows how important that is. But soap and water will work um be careful cuz it potentially could be airborne so keep in your distance from people there are people who have it and are asymptomatic and we will never know i mean i could be sitting here talking to you with it i will never know i may never develop symptoms i'm healthy my family for the most part is healthy i mean we're doing our precautions but i work in an er i work in a hospital i go visit nursing homes i mean I'm in the the thick of things. And like I said, I'm blessed to be able to help and to have a job and to also be able to help people kind of get through this. Um, the other thing, just to kind of go over what do you do if you feel like you have it, <clears throat> you need to call. Everybody is recommending call your doctor, call the emergency department. Or you can call your human health services department. Every city has one. Um, Call the CDC. Um, There's multiple ways. But for you to just walk into an ER or walk into your doctor's office, do not. This is the problem that we are having. You can't just think about yourself. You have to think about others also. And this is kind of what I want to talk about on how to handle this virus. Um, more so than, um, just as important, I should say, as hand washing, being aware of how it spreads, mask, um, covering up your sneeze or cough, and then immediately going wash your hands, um, if you're coughing into your hand, doing it in your sleeve, whatever the case may be, um. We have to also be mindful of everyone else, right? So if you feel like you have it, don't go spread it to someone because you want to get help. Um, The best thing to do, and we're all urging this as a healthcare facility and as a healthcare professional, you need to call. Call the number, tell them your symptoms, you will get help. We are here to help you. I am here to help you. There are several other doctors, obviously thousands and thousands. We're all here to help you. We don't think that, um, even it, yes, we're at high risk of catching it, but our duty is to help prevent it, stop it and treat it. So we will protect ourselves. We just don't want you spreading it to our whole lobby the whole ER, all of our staff. I have a lot of nurses that are out for symptoms. Um, and so we can't work and help treat this if we're being knocked out because of the symptoms of this. So there's numbers posted at most of the ERs and most healthcare facilities saying stop. If you have these um symptoms, you need a call. If you've been around somebody with the symptoms and you just want to quote-unquote get tested, you need to call. Not all the ERs have the swabs, so you may or may not know. You can do a drive-by, which I'm sure they're going to be posted. And like I said, in DFW, I'm going to be starting one in the Keller area. And you can reach out to me via Facebook if you want to know more information. A Transformed Health, if you want more information on that. But you need to not go into the facility tell them your symptoms over the phone we cannot we can treat you and we can get you tested but we don't want you guys spreading it to everyone else we are currently in this lockdown because we're trying to prevent the spread it's not so much because we think everybody's going to die from this um but it's more so because at this point we need to we don't have a vaccine we don't have an antivirus right now, so the only thing we can do is try to prevent the spread as a whole. So let's talk about who potentially will get sick from this virus. Um, extremes of ages, so older people, younger people, babies, infants, and then people um, who are um, immunocompromised. So even if you're not older, 70, 60, 70, 80, or younger, three months, four months, two weeks, but if you have an immunocompromised condition, you are at higher risk of respiratory symptoms, being hospitalized, and honestly, even death. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. So that means you've had an organ transplant, you are have active cancer and getting chemotherapy, You have underlying lung disease, asthma, COPD, et cetera, et cetera. Or you are immunocompromised in some other way that I didn't mention. There are so many different immunocompromised diseases. You know if you have it. Um, You are at higher risk. So you definitely should stay inside if you can. Um, A lot of people are working online um, if they have that capability. Um, One thing you don't need to be doing is going, buying 10 rolls of toilet tissue. I mean, I don't even know what the deal is on the toilet tissue. I mean, I understand that's a, a a needed item, but I'd prefer water or there's so many other things that we need. Um, so one of the things is, um, you don't need to be taking all of it, take what you need and leave stuff for everyone else. So how are we going to get through this as a country, as the world, Um, we need to be coming together, not tearing each other apart to get these items. Um, I went online and and was trying to order baby wipes everywhere. It's completely sold out. I was talking to my nurses about it today and and they can't find any. We've been coming up with homemade wipes. I actually went upstairs and noticed I have a whole box of wipes. So guess what I'm doing tomorrow? I'm going to start passing them out to my nurses who need them. Like, I'm not going to hoard them, but I have enough for my kids, so now I'm going to help others. That's what we need to be doing during this time of crisis. We need to come together and help others and not um, take for ourselves. How we get through this is going to define who we are um, and how it's going to affect us. And you know who you are if you're doing things the wrong way. You may get over on people now. But in the end, it will come around. I mean, we just had someone call in and scam us and try to scam us over money. I mean, there are scammers, scammers out here that are trying to take advantage of the situation. People charging ridiculous amounts for toilet tissue because they know we're out for water. I mean, they did this during the floods here. They like charge $8 for a bottle of water when they know people need them the most. That is not God-like, Jesus-like. And that is not the way that we were supposed to be acting. And even if you don't believe in a higher being, um, you need to do the right thing and know what's right and know what's wrong. And I know somebody bought up all the hand sanitizer and then started charging, I don't know, apparently like $50 for one thing, a hand sanitizer. That's not the right thing. Trying to make a quick buck during this like pandemic and economic crisis is not... The best thing, I mean, and that's not helpful for anyone and that's going to come around. Everybody's under economic crisis right now. People don't have jobs. People aren't able to work. Um, Everything is closing down. We need to come together. People need help. People need financial help. There are some people because all the stores are completely empty of food that'll need food. If you have anything that you can spare, you should spare it. So how do we get through this virus? How do we get through this health care or this health pandemic crisis? We have to join together. We have to help each other. We have to do the right thing. Wash your hands. Think of others. It's the same stuff that we always should have done. Um, don't cough in people's faces. If you're sick, stay at home and call. Someone will help you. Someone will treat you. We're not just going to let you um, be on your own don't go out and give it to others. If you're asymptomatic, you don't know, but everybody's kind of on lockdown now. So don't go in crowded places. I mean, now it's almost impossible because of every everything is out. Schools are out, some out indefinitely until the end of the year. I mean, at the end of this, this may cause an economic recession. I mean, this is going to take a big toll. A lot of people are comparing this to the world wars. So it's a big deal. Um, Get your mask. If you have something to spare, then spare them. If you have baby wipes to spare, spare them. I mean, people need these things and they're going to need help. Um, I'm picking up extra shifts, extra hours. Like I said, I'm working on um, opening up a drive-by, but we all have gifts and things that we can do to kind of help each other. Uh, So for the most part, we need to stay indoors during this time. If we have to go out for essentials, Make sure you wash your hands. Just stay protected. But don't look at the person next to you as though they have some, like, disease. leper disease or something. I mean, if they need help, we need to help each other. We don't need to be be getting physical over toilet tissue. If you don't have any, then give it. You don't need 10 rolls. You can donate some rolls to somebody. This will pass. This too, like everything else, shall pass. Um, When, we don't know. Right now, we're looking at warmer weather, which could be, um, you know, May is kind of what we're looking at. So we'll see. The other thing I wanted to share kind of as we we end this, because I want, I really want you guys to go through this journey and come out on the other side. Like, we need to help each other. That's kind of going to be the biggest thing. Find out what your neighbor needs. Find out what your elderly needs. One of my friends is taking some of her elderly neighbors um, to the grocery store because, you know, or going shopping for them. I mean, the grocery stores are still open. Some of them still have food. Just make sure everybody has something and you'll get rewarded, whether it's here or, or there, up there. But, I mean, just do the right thing. Let me close with this quote that I saw and I actually posted it to my Facebook page. Satan, I will cause anxiety, fear, and panic. I will shut down businesses, schools, places of worship, and sports events. I will cause economic turmoil. Jesus, I will bring together neighbors, restore the family unit. I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not the world. I will teach my children to trust me and not their money and material resources. So I'm gonna leave you with that. What side are you gonna be on? Are you gonna be ripping supplies out of somebody else's hands? Or are you going to help your neighbor? I think this time with all the ruckus of running, 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 which I talked about in my previous podcast, actually, it's a time for us to force to be together as a family and family unit in the household, neighbor unit outside the household, human race. It's a time for us to slow down. We're forced to slow down. We're forced to be inside more. We're forced to be home with our kids because it's out of the school, to be at home with our families, walking around in the neighborhood. Everybody's kind of walking outside. I've seen neighbors I haven't seen. I mean, talked from across the street, neighbors I haven't talked to in a while. I mean, this is our break. This is our much needed break from the ruckus of the world. We need to meditate. We need to take this time that we are forced to have and think about ourselves. What can we do better? What can we do to help um, not only ourselves become better, but what can we do to potentially help others to become better? So I would recommend picking a side. Hopefully it's the right side as we get through this health crisis journey and um, use this as a journey of for yourself because we are forced to slow down to truly become better. Thank you guys for listening. Everybody stay safe. Wash your hands. Um, Don't sneeze or cough on everybody. Take all the precautions. We're all supposed to be indoors. Well, not me, but for the most part, we need to stay indoors. um, Follow the recommendations. And I just want to talk about this particular journey. I don't know if we'll ever see something like this again, but it it will go down in the history books. And how will you have handled this history, this piece of history that you are living today? Count your blessings. Be thankful for what you have. My my kids are loving it. They get to spend all this time with mommy and daddy. I mean, that they're loving life right now as everyone else is panicking. So look for the positive in this particular situation. Don't focus on the negative. It'll run you into the ground. So focus on the positive. Thank you for taking this journey with me. Like I said, you can reach me on Facebook page, on our website. Let me know other topics that you want to talk about. Thank you for taking out this time and listening. Slow down and enjoy the ride of life. Until next time, stay safe.